Welcome to the Fieldhouse Strength Podcast. Fieldhouse Strength Podcast. If it's strength and conditioning, powerlifting, athlete performance, general fitness, and anything in between, we're talking about it. We're talking about it. Your hosts are pros who've done it all and here to share that knowledge with you. This is the Fieldhouse Strength Podcast. And here are your hosts, Sean Jones and Jonathan Bird. Fieldhouse Strength Podcast. I'm Sean Jones, and with me as always is Jonathan Bird. Welcome back. All right, so interesting uh, stuff in the news a couple of weeks ago. The American Academy of Pediatrics has issued its first comprehensive guidelines regarding child and adolescent obesity in 15 years. It's kind of crazy that it took 15 years for them to update or change anything, I guess. Yeah. Certainly enough has changed in 15 years for them to have new guidelines. You would think that that would be updated on a much regular basis than 15 years. Yeah, you and I have discussed it a little bit, and we both questioned at best some of their recommendations. Yeah, yeah very, very questionable. Yeah. So go, I'm going to go ahead and read the first part of this. They had a press release about what these changes were going to be. And so their stats, for, for right now, we'll just take their stats as true, and then we'll break them apart. It says that more than 14.4 million U.S. children and teens live with, live with a chronic disease. It's talking about how obesity can increase your chances of cardiovascular disease and type 2 diabetes, which that is something that is beginning to be seen in the child and adolescent communities, type Absolutely. 2 diabetes. Yeah. So the guidelines are for weight loss – you know, you have all your traditional means of diet, exercise, the food pyramid. I'm not sure what they recommend in that regard. Let's see. So overweight is defined as a body mass index um, at or above the 85th percentile and below the 95th percentile for children and teens of the same age and sex. Now, for those who don't know, BMI, body mass index, is just a calculation that only takes into consideration your height and your weight. Uh, there are some problems that tend to come along with that, don't you know? Don't yeah, you think yeah so? absolutely. I mean, it's not it's not the most accurate tool in the world. I mean, any individual that's a trained type individual who carries any muscle mass, a lot of times rates on the obesity at minimum overweight in that scale. Yeah, and you know, Evander Holyfield, when he was a cruiserweight, at two hundred five was considered obese by body, you know, BMI body weight standards. That that number may be skewed a little bit based on. We don't know exactly where they got their statistics in terms of what types of kids they're counting in that. Now, I'm not saying that there is an overabundance of athletic children walking around these days, but that can definitely sway those numbers a little bit. Yeah, yeah depending on where you're pulling your numbers from, it's going to sway it multiple percentage Exactly. And when it comes to any kind of study and statistics, you really need to know the details before you give it a lot of validity. But we'll assume it's valid, even if they're – a little on the high side, uh, it's still a big issue. Yeah, I mean, nobody's saying that it's not something that needs to be addressed because absolutely it should. I'm just not a fan of necessarily how they want to address it. And all else fails, meaning that the traditional uh, you know, increase in exercise and 
adjustment of food intake. They even talk about some weight loss drugs. Yeah, and they discuss uh, food education, basically. Right, which I can attest that there needs to be quite a bit of that. Yeah, I, I agree. I'm mean, right up to the, the weight loss drug part. I mean, I'm in agreement with everything there so far. But beyond that, they think that children as young as 13 years old, once they've exhausted the other options, which however they're going to prove that, I'm not sure, the next step should be bariatric surgery. Ding, 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 ding. Now we have our problem. Yeah. It's not bad enough that we're just going to give them drugs at 13 or earlier than 13. Yeah, because you're working your way to 13. Yeah, that now we're going to allow surgery, which, you know, with all the hot topics in our world today and all the types of surgeries that are available for teenagers these days. I guess that's not the craziest one available, but... Yeah, I, I think surgery should be, in any of these cases we may be discussing, uh, much later in life or a life-saving procedure. Now, it's, it's a problem when, at that age, most have not got into puberty, and if they have, they've definitely got gone through it. And that's the key, is... You and I see this all the time, and you see it every single day. A kid can come in and be a chubby 13-year-old. Now, this is where the age 16 comes into play, is that's what the guidelines were before, was once a child turned 16, then they would be a candidate for bariatric surgery. Now they've lowered that to 13. How many times have you seen a kid completely change their entire body in that three-year period? I mean, I just watched a young man age of 15 to 16, you know, in the last four months of his age of 15, body grows two inches and put on 35 pounds, and you know, I mean, he looks like the body of a young adult, yeah. but a year ago, a year and a half ago, he was a, definitely falls under the, the overweight body type. Yeah, there was a... <laughs> In the ninth grade, there was a friend of mine that was, he was a little taller than the rest of us. He was probably 5'11". And then by the end of 10th grade, he was six foot five. You know, stuff like that happens. Not every day, but there are significant changes that happen between 13 and 16 for girls and boys, but primarily for boys. They really make changes during that time. And it just seems like an absolutely reckless way of looking at how to address that problem. You go in and you alter their digestive system for the rest of their lives before they're done developing. So, you know, you talk about going into puberty, what kind of changes happens there? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm a prime example of this. I mean, as, at a young age, I was always, I mean, I played three, four sports year-round, and, and I was an overweight kid, but, you know, I grew four inches in one year and put on 40 pounds and grew another two inches and put on another 40 pounds at one point, you know. I mean, yeah. it was, that was just kind of how life went. Now, did I have the best eating practices in the world? Absolutely not. Just like every teenager doesn't. But when we're talking about kids who are morbidly obese at that age, it comes down more to their eating habits than it does anything else. And their parents. Yeah, too much for you. Yeah, exactly. I remember young girl in particular, I think she was 15 years old, and she was significantly overweight, and her parents were too, and the big thing was, you'll need to change some things at home, you know, make sure that those snacks aren't easily accessible, you know, moderation, that sort of thing, there's no way that they were all as heavy as they were, and moderately 
doing anything. And so finally, she worked with a, a member of my staff. She turned 16. Parents said, we're not making all those changes in our house. And she got the surgery. That's great. Yeah. Now, this was long enough ago to where your only option was a gastro bypass. Nice. Yeah. So if you're How not. How long did that work? Yeah. Who knows? I didn't see her much after that. But I have seen. Here are some things I've seen with gastric bypass patients. First of all, they bypass your stomach in a way that they say it's the size of a half-gallon milk jug. They cut it down to the size of a lemon and reroute uh, everything to that small part. And really the thing that keeps you from eating too much is you'll throw up. That sounds fun. Yeah, so. Sounds like an eating disorder. You know, medically induced. <laughs> yeah, medically induced eating disorder. Yeah, that sounds about right. And so not one thing, at least back then, had been done psychologically to prepare them for it. Had one client that gave herself seven hernias overeating after she had the gastric bypass. And getting sick. And getting sick and stretching that small stomach out as big as it would go and getting sick and getting sick. And I actually recommended to her to see a psychologist. And she did, came back a year later and did great. It just seems to me, I'll go ahead and say I feel like it's child abuse. If you're not willing to make those changes and then you Instead of you making your life less comfortable than it is, you allow your child to go through major surgery. I mean, you're talking to a guy. I've been between 250 and 300 pounds from the time I was 14 or 15 years old. Now I'm almost 40. Yeah. But I've also been an athlete until I wasn't been a competitive lifter until recently. And the reality is, I could have controlled all of those things. I've gained and lost the same 75 pounds multiple times, depending on what sport, what weight class, what everything I was doing. But it's simply done by changing eating habits. Now, I get that there are outliers. Yeah. You know, there, there's hormone issues. There's, you know, true genetic issues. But most of the genetic issue is the genes that was passed down where we don't know how to eat correctly and or don't care to eat correctly. It's not the, I'm fat gene. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and like you said, they're outliers, which means there's not 14 million of them. You know, and I know some, I know a couple that their child had, was overweight from the time that it was born and is, uh, you know, an adult now, but they did everything they could to make sure that that child ate healthy and she stayed within a reasonable weight. And she always battled with it. But she would have been a prime candidate for bariatric surgery, all else being equal. Yeah, I mean, I've spent at least 15 years now working in high school athletic facilities. And I could probably count on one hand in that 15 years how many obese, truly obese children I have coached whose parents weren't healthy. Right. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, one hand, I'm sure, you know. They don't buy groceries. Correct. You know, when I was growing up, I, I didn't really think of myself as being particularly active. Then I found some old videos, and yeah, we were always outside. We played video games, that sort of thing, but we did see the light of day. Yeah. There was always a limit to it. But video games alone aren't going to cause someone to be that heavy. It's Co correct. Be. Still, you know, eating a 3,000-calorie junk food diet and getting in 500 steps a day. Steps to get to the bathroom to, to your room to play the video game again. Yeah, and 
people can eat 3,000 calories with junk food before they even know it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's no telling uh, what's going on. And the fact that they have such easy access is the part that's troubling to me. Uh, the whole 600-pound life thing. Oh, yeah. People can't get up and, and leave the house, get out of bed. Someone is giving them food. Yeah. There's always an enabler. Yeah. Billionaire DoorDash, baby. Dropping it off for them. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's got to leave the house. McDonald's delivery. Yeah, I saw one the other day. <laughs> this guy, he got up. The only time he got up to leave the house was when the ice cream, ice cream truck came by. <laughs> and he, got, he gave the guy his order. He brought it to him. In a box. Uh, I was to say, did he, did he run out and find him? Yeah, no, he was sitting. He was sitting on the on his porch, and the ice cream guy drove up, called him by his first name, asked him what he wanted, and brought it to him in a box. And that was breakfast every day. Nice. Was like five nutty buddies. I mean, it was. Look, like, I mean, one of the pros of being an adult is you can eat ice cream for breakfast. Mm-hmm. The con for being that is nobody can tell you no, and you're on six hundred pound life. That's it. Now, if that's what you want to do, it's un- unfortunate, but you can do it. If you're a minor, you're 13 years old, and you've lived up to the point where you're eating whatever you can get your hands on, whatever your parents buy and put in the cupboard, and then you get surgery before you're done developing, I have a real problem with that. And the fact that a, the American Academy of Pediatrics recommended it. I mean, let's, let's call it space. It's child abuse. 100%. Absolute child abuse. You're letting your preteen child be morbidly obese, and you're refusing to help change your own eating habits mm-hmm. to help them. Yeah. It's not that hard. It may start small. Start with, hey, we're going to eat dinner together, and it's going to be a real meal. Yeah. It's not going to be pizza. It's not going to be fast food. We're going to eat some sort of banquet grilled chicken and vegetable and some sort of stuff. If you start there, your body weight's going to work its way down. You know, that's okay. Even if they cook fried foods, yeah. it would be better than McDonald's and kind of stuff that they're bringing home now. I mean, I, I have got to the point now where if I'm not heavily lifting, I don't like being as heavy, so I've increased my walking in there. Mm-hmm. Simple things like parking in the back of the parking lot yeah. or when my gym class is doing cardio, I'm walking laps with them. You know, I mean, it's the little things. So, like, if you're as an adult, your parent, you're in charge of this child. They, you know, it is your responsibility. If you're feeding them ho hos and honey buns every day, it's your fault. One hundred percent. I don't have time. How many times I've had people bring their kids to me to train them for whatever reason they're overweight or they have something to accomplish. And my problem is, I they, they won't listen to me. I just can't get them off that Xbox. I'm like, did they buy the Xbox? Do they pay the electricity? Out the internet, go unplug the router. Yeah, and my dad literally used to do that to me, not the router because we didn't have it. But yeah, he didn't have it. N- no, <laughs> but I'm playing Nintendo. My dad's like, "All right, shut it off. Hold on, I gotta save it." And if I said that too many times, he'd just shut the breaker off. The end. Yeah. You know? Problem solved. Yeah, and I'd throw a fit for a few minutes, but I knew it wouldn't turn it back on. Yeah, yeah, you know, and that's. I get today's society. It's a little more seedy and a little more rough out there than when I was a child 30 years ago now, I guess. But you have to find some way to be active for your children, for their own safety, for their own health. Right. You know, and having work in the school system, we as a school system do not do a good job of 
one teaching helps education. You know, about what to eat, what not to eat, what's, you know, productive for your body, what's not. And I understand the meals we provide are not the most nutritious meals in the world. You as a parent are going to have to take some responsibility on those things for your child's own health and safety. I think, I think convenience comes into play a lot. With everything we've got going on now, it seems like there are a thousand things coming at us from every direction. So convenience becomes important. But when you think about convenience going to its logical end in this case, you're buying food that's convenient and fast. Your child's eating it. And then eventually the most convenient thing for you to do is to allow them to have bariatric surgery as opposed to really digging in with them and making sure it happens the right way. Yeah, I mean, again, this stems from lack of adult responsibility that is now punishing the child. The child, the child doesn't know better. At right. 13, the, the child does not know that they shouldn't be eating those things and that they shouldn't be doing that stuff. And I understand that the caveat to this is after you've exhausted these things, right. let's be real here. These people are going to show up and say, yeah, we've done all that. Because mm-hmm. oh. they're looking for the quick fix. It's the microwave society. Mm-hmm. It needs to be done quickly, done, boom, we're moving on. Well, guess what? You're going to be in the same problem again. Not long down the road. Right. And the thing about that most doctors, I would say, are very you know, scrupulous individuals. But I know some that are not. And I have seen over the years where there were dietitians that were linked in with certain doctors and they just fed them in uh, to have a gastric bypass because they both made a lot of money doing it. Uh, you know, I've seen people that were, saw a woman that was in her early 20s and probably 35 pounds overweight and got bariatric surgery. Something that within a, within a year could be easily fixed. Yeah, because uh, it was an initial consultation, and she was really attractive, like a tall, slim girl, and she was 21, 22 years old, and I asked her, had she ever had any surgeries? Yeah, I had gastric bypass. I said, well, how much did you weigh? Because she did not seem like she had lost that much, and I think she, she was probably five foot ten, and she had weighed 230 pounds. I mean, that's... I don't... That's why. Yeah, I've, I've had people more times than I can count when they come in with a friend, and that's always the worst. If you have a negative friend, they're not going to do it. And uh, one time in particular, this woman was with her friend. She had a significant amount of weight to lose, and her friend also did. And she said, I'm good. I'm having, I'm having uh, weight loss surgery in, in, in three weeks. I said, how much is that going to cost? And she told me, I don't remember the exact figure. I said, for less than that, I guarantee you that you'll lose that weight and keep it off, and you won't have to have surgery. I'm not interested. Well, yeah, because it's work. Exactly. And then she talked her friend out of it, too. Nice. And the thing about it is you don't realize how much harder it's going to be on you when you have that happen. You know, they've obviously advanced in those procedures, but I've seen clients, one in particular, just had zero energy and her hair was falling out, and she said, I'm doing all the supplements, and it's, it's not working. So you talk about somebody that was absolutely miserable, felt bad for her, because she didn't have enough energy to do a, a very basic workout. To me, surgery is a last resort. Now, it's great that we're able to do what we're able to do medically now, 
And obviously, I'm not a physician, but I think I have some common sense. And to me, it seems like surgery would be a pretty traumatic thing to your body. Absolutely. Yeah. I've been through a few of them. Exactly. You open it up and go in there and mess around with stuff. It's never the same. Don't no matter what nobody tells you. It's not, there, there are other issues that reappear. Exactly. So it just seems like an absolute travesty of common sense to me. Because you would expect there would be some kind of fringe group saying you should do that. But the fact that it comes from a really official source like that is alarming to me. So with the changes that that happened with a 13 to 16 year old, my question is, what are the long-term effects going to be of a 13 year old having that surgery, then going through puberty, young adulthood, what's that gonna look like at 45? Who knows? I don't think anybody knows. There's no way we've done those types of long-term studies on any reasonable sample size. I'm starting to lose faith a little bit in our system here because we're, we're rushing into a lot of things whether you want the pro-vaccine or time the vaccine or whatever. None of that really matters. There, there's very little research done with that. Just like there's very little research done on, I mean, the, the study pool has to be so small. There's no real way of knowing. You're like, we're kind of playing a guessing game here. Right. At least with the vaccines, you're not getting cut open. Yeah. <laughs> like, but, but I was just saying, know, there's not understand. enough study time on any of these things uh, to make truly, really good, informed decisions. Yeah, the vaccine's such a, a, a unique situation that, who knows, every but, 100 years. But, yeah, but you know, people maybe, you would think that would make people start questioning medically, why are we doing this? Oh, sure. I mean, I'm and a... it's not. Everybody's just rushing to do it. I'm a proponent of freedom when it comes to that. Oh, yeah. If you want to get it, get it well, if you well, don't Well, want. that's the thing about, just no different than the surgery. Like, you know, nobody's going to stop you from doing it. Just trying to tell you there's probably a way to avoid doing that. Helpful. Yeah. Now the problem I do have is a 13 year old if they're being forced to do it. Correct. That, and that's that, yeah. and that's what it sounds like. Yeah. It, I guess in my mind, a 13 year old can't make up their mind that they should be having that surgery anyway. Right. I mean, the prefrontal cortex in their brain isn't developed until they're in their mid 20s. So what are, what are they thinking at 13? I I've just seen so many bodies change. So much in that 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 window, that you know, seven eighth grade window up until you know their tenth or eleventh grade in high school, yeah. like they changed completely. Yeah, that's and I think that's why we really felt like this was an important topic because that's what we see all the time. If you've got a twenty year old, I mean, there aren't any major hormonal physical changes happening for them, but at thirteen, that's when they all begin to happen for most kids. Yeah. So the bottom line is. My recommendation would be to find simple information on what to eat and what to exercise. That's one thing is I think marketing has really become an issue, and it's got people convinced that losing weight is way harder than it needs to be. More, let's, let's put it this way, more complicated. Yeah, okay, complicated is, is you know. Not I'm always sure. easy to do, but yeah, well, simple. But at that age, at the yeah. age of 13, 14, 15 years old, it ain't necessarily about losing weight. It's about having appropriate weight. Man, that's the thing about using the BMI index with some of these kids. Their body weight might not change drastically, but it may look completely different a year from now. Sure, because if you say you've got a kid that's 30 pounds overweight, over fat is a better way to say it. In a year, they may grow an inch or maybe not, 
but when they get those androgenic hormones, that 30 pounds could very easily melt away and, and be replaced with muscle. And, and so I think if, if there are 14 million kids in that boat, I personally think it's reckless to put it to put it to a point where yeah, thirteen's fine if you want to get them cut. But then it should be up to the individual doctor. But as parents, you really need to be educated on this stuff. Think about what your kid's going to be going through and the long term implications. And sh- is there a thirteen year old out there somewhere that should? I'm sure there is, but there aren't millions. No, there's not enough that we should have. Uh adopted a whole new ruling system about it. Yeah. So my recommendations are don't eat stuff out of a window or that's in a box and just move around some. Do you have any recommendations? There's nothing wrong with that. You know, yeah. what I would suggest is do some real reading on what is healthy and what is not. Yeah. You know, and something that is sustainable for you and your child and stick with it for a little while and see how that goes. And I think the real issue here, we've talked about the parents and the not beating up on parents. The I truth know. is the truth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess if, you're, if your toes are getting stepped on, you need to move them. But you have habits in adults that they're not willing to change that are affecting their children. Mm-hmm. And the fact that it, the addiction is to food isn't looked down upon as, if it, as it would be if the addiction were to illicit drugs. Both are addictions and both are harmful. And so with any addictive behavior, willpower is not enough. You have to change your habits. You have to add something else in the place of that addiction. By getting surgery, that's not happening at all. You just uh, you just get a punitive measure anytime you eat the wrong stuff. Absolutely. That money that would be going toward that would be better spent if this are, there's a real difficult issue with a child eating too much and it's compulsive. You know, maybe talk to a mental health professional before you go and have actual medical intervention. Parents need to understand that it all begins with them. You know, how many times I've heard, I didn't raise them like that. I don't know you did. (laughs) (laughs) That's what you got. In the words of Jim Seiples, that is what you got. That's what you got. Didn't coach him to do that. That's what you got. So, anyway, I would recommend, if you're listening to this now, to look into that yourself. Because we all know someone with teenagers or, or teenagers. I don't know. I, w- I would just try to get as informed as I could, especially if you have kids on the safe, effective ways to add more activity and to get rid of stuff that you may not know is that bad for you. Get it out of the cupboards. I think that'll make a huge, huge difference. All right. Any parting thoughts from you, Bird? Yeah, I believe we covered it pretty well. Sorry if I offended you. That means you probably should not be looking at uh, weight loss surgery at 13 years. Yep, it's a little bit of a, little bit of a rant. We'll, uh, we'll do one on our uh, uncensored on our paid page. <laughs> hey, easy. All right. All right, well, we'll catch you next time. 